Hi Fiona. <clears throat> Welcome. Hi. <laughs> How have you been? Good, thank you. Sorry I was late. No problem. How's everyone else doing? You said you're sleepy? What did you say? No, I, I'm sick, but other than that, oh. I'm pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And I just joined the halfway through. Okay, well, so welcome. Yeah, I had that call a couple days ago. Yeah, it's been a month for me. I don't know if it was like it's going to go away. Comes and goes. Yeah. <laughs> so I have some words of dharma to share for your consideration. I want to try to break, break this down in a way that makes it clear kind of what we're doing. I think sometimes we miss that point. Um, so how many of us are there? There's one, two, three, four, five, six, six of us together. So six human beings coming together to do this thing, this meditation practice. And I'd be willing to bet that all of us are coming to do it for different reasons and with different hopes and dreams and confusions and understandings and wisdom and pain and all of those things. So some of you might be starting meditation because you heard about it in a magazine or I guess no one reads magazines anymore as you heard about it as a thing there's apps um, and mindfulness seems like a really good way to improve your quality of life so you started doing it almost like a fitness is going to improve your quality of your life some of you might have struggles with certain uh, mental afflictions, anxiety, depression, OCD, bipolar, anything. Um, and you've tried therapy, you've tried medication, and somewhere, somewhere along the way they said, you know, you should try meditation because it will help alleviate those symptoms. Um, some of you might have always felt a spiritual connection to something and maybe you've experimented with drugs and you had a glimpse of a kind of deeper reality and you want to sustain that understanding and experience and you've heard that meditation is a way to do it. What's really interesting is that all of us can come to this practice for different reasons from different backgrounds but there's a normalization process that happens because we're all doing the same thing. We're all just sitting in silence, dealing with our minds. Whatever karmic accumulations that we've inherited from our past. We sit in the present moment 
and we are the inheritor of this hugely like momentous process. If you think about this just for one second, I, I know we've all thought this before, but think about this for a second. You were born from two people who made passionate, wild love and made you. And each of them came from two other people who made wild, passionate love to make them. And this life force that you are in this present moment is like a torch that was passed from person to person to person. And think about this hundreds, thousands of years. There's this life force because you can only be alive if you came from this process. And before we were humans, we evolved from other types of animals and before that, all the way back, this life force has carried us through and all of the actions of every single one of your ancestors, good and bad, you inherit in the very fabric of your brain and body and mind. And you're just sitting there receiving this moment, not having chose to be born. And in many of the actions that you've taken, you haven't chosen to do many of them. Because if you knew that they were going to cause you so much harm, you probably wouldn't have done them. But the unconscious mind is so powerful that you've You've ended up exactly who you are because of all of these perfect conditions. The state of your body, the way you look, the way you talk, your personality, how much money you have, the relationships that you have or don't have, all of that is, is an accumulation of previous actions stretching back since the beginning of time. If you can live where you are in touch with that stream every moment, you're enlightened. But most of us are not in touch with that realization at all. The preciousness of this life force, the accumulation of this karmic stream. We just stand in line at Tim Hortons or Dunkin Donuts or Starbucks and we wait for our coffee and we take out our phone and we flip through Instagram and we are triggering pleasure centers in the brain and we are completely unaware that we hold this spark, this life force that has been passed down to us without even wondering what this spark is. Meditation gives us 25, 30 minutes of time to try to get in touch with this spark, to understand what this spark is to really see the miracle of every moment. But what's interesting as well is that each of us not only comes to this meditation practice with a whole different set of hopes and dreams and confusions and pain and, and you know, understandings about what it does. But if you keep meditating and we talk to each other about what we are struggling with, each of us is going to have different problems. I might be a greedy type where I'm just sitting down and meditating and I'm just having like fantasies all the time about things that I want and how I can't get them or something like that. Another one of you might be sitting down and 
all you're thinking about are things that you don't want. How you hate this person, you hate your job, you hate your body being the way it is. You're an aversive type for the time being. Some of you are just sitting down and you're totally confused or deluded. You, you, you're like, whoa, there was, what just happened to those five minutes? Uh, I guess I'll go back to my meditation. And you might be one of those types, or two or more of those types in the course of a half an hour. There might be a period where you're really focused on like a sexual fantasy, and you're lusting after something or an idea, and then you start getting pain in your knee, and then that becomes your aversive version. And then you go blank for a few minutes, and then you zap yourself back. Oh wait, what am I doing? So you're just watching this process of your mind, which is really just ways of being and behaviors that you've been practicing. All of them, or most of them, really unhelpful. And your karma, you might, in this life, or in this five-year period of your life, be working a lot with, like, let's say, heartbreak and relationships. And that might be where your suffering is focused. Another one of you might have received a medical diagnosis that has shaken you to the core. And you're dealing with it. You might have a lot of loss in your life and you're trying to understand what loss is. You might be incredibly successful and everything is going your way, but this horrible anxiety that you're going to lose it all is just like tearing you to shreds and making you sabotage yourself in a variety of ways. So each of you is going to have your own, each of us, we're going to have our own patterns that we've been planting the seeds for over the years. Over the 39 years I've been alive, I've been really good at cultivating, let's say, self-hatred or fear. I'm really good at feeling fear or really good at feeling self-hatred. I've been practicing it for my whole life and I've been cultivating it and deepening my obsession with these mind states that are unhelpful. But if I talk to another one of you, you might have a completely different set of things that are causing you suffering. So if you saw the title of the email I sent out, it's Different Shit, Same Enlightenment. So it's also Different Hopes, Same Enlightenment. We can all come to this practice with the accumulation of different hopes of what we're trying to get out of it. But when we encounter, when we sit down and we meditate and we encounter different things, each of us is going to struggle with some different mind state that's going to come up a lot. And the best part of that is that if you are dedicated to the practice, it really doesn't matter what kind of suffering you're working on. If it's relationships, if it's physical pain, if it's anxiety, if it's, you know, hopes and dreams stuff if it's confusion, whatever it is, if, as long as you practice mindfulness, as long as you apply mindfulness to it, you'll get enlightened. You don't have to have any kind of special type of suffering. Any kind of suffering will do. That's what's so great about this practice. Any way that you are suffering is exactly how you should be suffering. That's the curriculum that you've given yourself to overcome. So I love this because I've always practiced in, in communities and I've shared with other people what my pain is and what my struggles are. 
thinking that they must be su suffering from the same, but they'll be suffering from a completely different set of parameters. And in some cases, in good cases, they've almost like mastered the things that I'm suffering with and maybe I've mastered the things that they're suffering with. So that's why we practice together in community. The, the moral of the story is, or what my driving point here is, the past is the past and it has brought you to this moment. Whatever you've cultivated karmically and inherited is your moment. And you can rest assured that it is perfect. It is exactly what you need to be working on. Whatever you're experiencing is exactly what you should be paying attention to, exactly what you should be bringing your mindfulness to. It can't and shouldn't be anything other than what it is. It shouldn't, your suffering should not be like my suffering. If you see a teacher that you think is enlightened, you shouldn't try to follow their path or have their type of suffering or sit exactly like they do or read the same books that they do because your suffering, your path, your journey is completely unique to you and you have to let that karma unfold to be true to your own enlightenment. So we all deal with different shit but we will all get the same enlightenment. You have to trust 110% that what you're inheriting and what you're experiencing is exactly what you need to be experiencing. So I offer those words for your consideration and hope and pray that you can unwrap this wonderful gift that you are receiving every moment to discover the freedom beyond this suffering. Did anyone want to share anything or ask a practice question? I guess it's a quiet night. Andreas, do you have a question? There is still no sound for Andreas. Otherwise, he probably, I think he's texting or something. Yeah, he's. Yeah. Um, Alright. I see him typing there. <laughs> So that's why I love practicing with all of you and that's why I also, I mean, I, I sit, you know, on my own as much as I can and 
it's great practice and it's important to be doing that. But what's so great about this togetherness is kind of intermingling our energies and um, really having compassion for one another because we could be really on the same path but just experiencing such drastically different um, conditions inside of that. All right, everyone. Um, it's a perfect uh, wrap-up. So, Fiona, again, thanks for joining. I hope you come more. And um, I hope to catch up with you. Maybe I'll send you a little message or something and see what's going on with you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. I think I've heard that message a couple of times. I think I got it. Yeah, he's just validating some of what we said, so cool. Thank you, Jeremy. All right, Thanks guys. So much. That was great. Thanks for sitting, everyone. Have a great night. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Bye.